Welcome back to Zach News on Riot Radio. I'm your host, Zach Kingston. This show is all about sports, news, political news, science, and more. Today we'll be discussing the following. Group sizes will be increasing in Ontario as of June 13th. A Pickering Cooling Centre will open despite the coronavirus pandemic. Uxbridge Council is discussing to put stop signs and or four-way stops at busy intersections. Port Perry to host a Black Lives Matter protest. Uxbridge Town Council at a meeting on June 8th has decided to cancel all Uxbridge Township run camps for this summer. This will impact students as well as children from across Uxbridge who would like to participate in these camps. Durham speed cameras are now turned on. However, tickets will not imply until the fall. The Liberals were trying to pass a bill today that would reform the CERB as well as give money to people with disabilities. However, opposition parties could not come to agreement as the Liberals are in the minority, this pausing this effort. And Starbucks is to cut 400 locations across Canada and the U.S. In return, they plan on opening more pick-up-to-go locations versus sit-down restaurants. And finally... Greta Thunberg is encouraging countries that will be voting for Canada and or Norway in the upcoming UN Security Council's United Nations vote to strongly encourage Canada and or Norway to step up their climate actions and stop the climate lovely rhetoric in order to secure their vote for a seat on the United Nations Security Council. In particular, she is encouraging island and Caribbean nations to do this, especially smaller nations that will be supporting countries like Canada and Norway for their votes to gain the seat on the UN Security Council. On June 13th in the province of Ontario, gatherings of up to 10 people will be permitted with social distancing in effect. Also, places of worship will be allowed to reopen, however, only at 30% capacity and social distancing and other safety measures must be in place. Some areas of Ontario will start in Stage 2 on this day, however, most areas within the GTA, so all the way from the Durham region, all the way down to Niagara, and a few other major population centers within Ontario will remain closed and remain in Stage 2. One, So not fully closed, but semi-closed. And then they'll reassess at a later date as to when we can move to stage two. However, the government has said they want to get the case numbers down in these areas before they go to stage two. Pickering has safety in mind. They also have physical distancing in mind. However, as of Monday, June 15th, whenever there is a heat advisory or heat warning put in place by either the Durham Region or Environment Canada and Climate Change Canada, they will open their cooling centers. This cooling center will be at a community center on Valley Farm Road, and it will be a banquet hall that they will use as the cooling center. The city was not originally sure if they could open this banquet hall for a cooling center. However, the Ontario government did give them the okay to open it, even though emergency measures that the government has put in place, the Ontario government, would not allow them to open it for recreational purposes. The government gave them the okay to open it for 
the purposes of a cooling center. So there will be specific actions taken to keep people safe who use this center. For one, they will enter through the curbside pickup door. Two, they will be screened upon entering. Three, the chairs and tables will be spaced out. Four, there will be hand sanitizer. Five, you will not be required to wear a mask. However, if you can't keep your distance, you'll be recommended or told to wear a mask. And then the other thing is that there will be staff in front of the washrooms to monitor how many people are going in and out of the washrooms at this facility. These facilities will be open daily from 11 till 6 p.m. whenever there is a heat warning or a heat advisory by either the Durham region or by Environment Canada. The Uxbridge Town Council is talking about safety. In particular, they're talking about dangerous intersections that have seen multiple collisions or coast calls over the years. At a meeting on June 1st, councillors discussed a new safety study conducted by Stan Tech that offered several recommendations for improving safety at intersections. These intersections have long histories of collisions and or near misses. So some of the recommendations that were recommended included as well as erecting speed activated radar signs. So these are the signs that tell you your speed, updating speed traffic and speed and traffic data for this intersection, reviewing visibility concerns, adjusting the location of the stop. But counselors wondered if there was more that was needed. A suggestion that came up that a lot of councillors, including the mayor, seemed to take hold of was, what if we put a four-way stop there? They said that they'd done this at another another uh, road crossing or intersection where it wasn't warranted and there wasn't enough traffic to do it. However, they said it made a huge difference, and since then there hasn't been an accident. And Councillor Todd Snooks, who's also a police officer, said that he's in favor of a four-way stop, noting that a roundabout would be the best solution, but in terms of cost, a four-way stop is the next best thing. He says it's it would be a good place for a four-way stop. This is according to Councillor Smith. Uh, Snook, sorry. So council voted to approve the recommendations with an ad an added amendment to have Stanek review the possibility of installing a four-way stop at this intersection. This intersection is Davis Drive and Concession Road 6. And as a result, it will be brought back to council for consideration at upcoming meeting. Port Perry is preparing for Black Lives Matter protests. Weekly protests will be held in Port Perry at parks in Port Perry as part of Black Lives Matter's growing protest movement. Organized by the community group, Port Perry Stands With You, the first gathering will be held in Palmer Park on Saturday, June 5, 13th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The group has stated that its weekly protests will continue until at least August 22nd. The gatherings, they state, will be held in support of Black Lives Matter movement and to educate the public on issues regarding race inequality and bigotry. And this is according to Port Perry Stands With You. And they posted this online in a post. These will be peaceful, and they will be peaceful protests in small, predominantly white town like Port Perry. But they say they can stand together and support Black Lives Matters. And that they're saying looking for help for a little initiative to change racial equality and support minority groups within the community. The group has also stated that they will follow social distancing and physical distancing rules by saying six feet apart from others participating, and it is encouraged that all participants wear a mask to be safe. Finally, water will be provided to keep protesters safe 
and homemade posters and signs will be welcome. Water will be provided to prevent anybody from getting heat stroke or heat exhaustion during the hot summer. And then the final thing is feel free to express yourself in your own words. This event is designed to give everyone a voice. And this is all according to Port Perry Stands With You. Black Lives Matter protests have recently also been held in other communities within the Durham region. Some include Oshawa, Ajax, and Uxbridge. Palmer Park is located at 175 Water Street in Port Perry. It's a sad day for any Uxbridge students or residents who would partake in the Uxbridge summer camps, as the Township of Uxbridge has canceled all summer camps that they typically run during the summer. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic and out of safety. So at a council meeting on June 8th, councillors voted in favor of recommendations from Hunter Jarvis, who is the recreational coordinator, to cancel all the township of Uxbridge camps for safety precaution. So some of the issues that include is that a lot of the Uxbridge township camps operate out of Algon Park, and typically there would be up to 100 and 50 participants within the park at one time on any given day but under current requirements the township would only be able to serve 16 children at a time in the park and those numbers speak for themselves according to mayor dave barton to go from 150 to 16 with probably a smaller amount of staff just makes this impossible an impossible situation to work Council, council voted in favor of this recommendation to cancel all township-run summer camps. All registered participants will receive a refund. The net loss to the township for canceling these has been pegged at $71,000. Recreation staff are currently doing stuff in partnerships with other municipalities to come up with a potential alternating program to meet requirements. They're looking at different opportunities and different angles, and this is according to Jarvis. They said that we're the last municipality within the Durham region to make the announcement of cancellation of our traditional programming. They also said that we're all in this together, and we're all in a holding pattern. And we need to not... <clears throat> We need not sure what modified programming might look like at this time, but we're all working on this together. Finally, Jarvis, who's the coordinator for the recreation programs, noted that due to the late cancellations and potential work to rethink programming, even if staff do come up with adequate method planning, it will not look like traditional programs and it will likely not get up and running until mid-July at the earliest. You may have noticed recently, upon driving around the Durham region, you've seen some new speed cameras go up within the Durham region. Well, they have now officially been turned on. However, you have to know one thing. They're not currently enforcing speed. So they're turned on and they are working and they will pick up drivers who are speeding and they will send you uh, a ticket, but it will only be a warning. Starting this fall, though, however, if the camera catches you, you will pay tickets. However, these tickets will not go against your driver's license, so they will not affect your demerit points. They're hoping that they can get people to get in compliance with speed limits in certain locations because they've had problems with this in certain locations. Currently, there are speed cameras operating in several different regions, several different municipalities across the region. 
And the most of them are in the southern part of the Durham region in the Pickering, Ajax, Oshawa, and Whitby area, as well as Bowmanville. However, there are a few within the Uxbridge area leading up towards Uxbridge and Port Perry. Speed is a contributing factor to roughly a third of the fatal condition, fatal collisions, and reducing traffic speed is the best way to reduce both the frequency and severity of the collisions, and this is according to the Durham region. The Durham region decided to install these speed traffic enforcement cameras to improve road safety. So some areas in particular where they're being put is on major roads by schools. So particularly outside of the Oshawa campus at Durham College, there will be some. They're also putting one up in Uxbridge over by uh, Scott Central um, in a heavy traffic area where there's lots of people crossing the road and there's a lot of main traffic going at heavy speeds. As part of Durham's vision for zero goal to eliminate facilities, Fatalities and serious injuries in our roadways, they're doing this at reducing speeds and it's the best way to reduce severity of collisions as well as the frequency of collisions. So this is according to the Durham Director of Transportation and Field Services and this was all stated in a press release. Automated speed enforcement, this is again to the same director, has been proven an effective way to get drivers to slow down. While the cameras are only a data collection mode at this time, drivers should always remember that you need to follow posted speed limits for safety in our community. Over the weekend, the federal liberal government gave out a draft bill to opposition parties. This bill included measures that would see $600 one-time non-refundable payment go to Canadians with disabilities across the country. It also included measures to beef up or enhance ways in which the government could go after people who were defrauding the CERB and such programs like that, which the government has introduced during this COVID-19 pandemic. However, the conservatives did not want the this bill to pass or we're rejecting this bill because they want the government to reinstart a full proper session of parliament as well the block did not want this bill to pass or did not want to give consent to passing this bill or support it because they want the government to give a financial update as well as give increased health transfers to the province before they're willing to support it the ndp would not support this bill because they said what is the need for including up to six months jail time and a fine in this legislation when you already have these tools in place to go after fraudsters who are committing fraud to these programs. As a result, all three parties did not give unanimous consent on several different motions that were presented in the House to attempt to pass this legislation. And as a result, this legislation was not even passed to a debate stage on the floor of the House of Commons. And so the House ultimately just adjourned. And this issue will come back up next week. And it is still not clear next week if it will even go up for debate as it may not receive unanimous consent. And even if it does go for debate, it may not pass as the Liberal government does need another party to support them in order to pass legislation as they are a minority government. We will wait and see what takes place next week on this issue. Starbucks will be doing some restructuring coming out of this pandemic. So Starbucks announced that in the, over the next two years within Canada and the U.S., they will close a total of 400 stores, 200 within Canada, and 200 within the U.S. Now, they're not 
permanently closing them. More what they want to do is close some of their eat-in locations or their locations where they have sit-in area and more make more pickup and go locations. As they said, they have a lot of places where they get a lot of pickup and go customers and not a lot of sit-ins. So they want to convert them more to pickup and goes and put more pickups and goes versus sit-in restaurants. This Seattle-based company made the, re made the revelation in a filing to U.S. security regulators on Wednesday. While the coffee business has been, like many others, effectively on pause during the COVID-19 pandemic, Starbucks is taking action for when it resumes coming out of this pandemic. The company still says it plans to put more stores up, but they'll have smaller footprints in many markets in Canada and the U.S., so the company's plan is to put more of these pickup and go locations. So whether that's a drive through or whether that's just a walk in pickup and go no seating, they want to put more of those because they said that they seen that a lot of their business comes from these pickup and goes. However, they do say that there are locations where they have good people who come in and like to sit in. So their plan is to put more of these pickup and goes as well as integrate with the already ones that they already exist where they have sit down locations. Um, particularly, they plan on doing this in areas that are urban, particularly like Toronto or any big U.S. cities. And that their, their goal is that they'll restructure this company to help them with the bottom line, ultimately, but also to help them with the experience. They'll do all this restructuring over the next two years with a potential of 200 additional stores being closed in Canada on top of the 200 that are already slated to close. So Starbucks says that a lot of their customers come in to pick up their stuff and do not sit down. However, they do have people who do sit down. They said they want to provide a system where customers can walk in, easily pick up their stuff and leave. They said, however, they do plan on keeping some of their locations where they have nice areas and where you can sit down. They said, while we had originally planned to execute this strategy over a three to five year time frame, rapidly evolving customer performances hasn't the need for this concept. And we are now envisioning an accelerated development of Starbucks pickup stores. So Starbucks is going to remain. However, they want to give people the option. They want to have people to be able to go and quickly pick something up and get back on the road or go. But they also want to have some of these locations like they have now where you can go in and sit down, work on your computer. It's more of like a sit-in restaurant type of feeling versus just a pick up and go. Canada is competing against two other countries, Norway and Ireland, for two voted in seats that are coming up for, for, coming up for openness on the UN Security Council this month. So Canada is competing against Norway and Ireland for two of the vacant, now vacant seats on the UN Security Council. However, Greta Thunberg is urging these small island nations, which Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has spoken to a lot of their leaders to get their support, as it's strongly believed that a lot of European countries will support their other European neighbors, such as Norway and Ireland. So Canada has been particularly speaking with a lot of Asian and African and other Caribbean nations to get their support to try and get us onto the Security Council. However, Greta Thunberg has expressed her discontent with Canada's climate policies, and this is direct, directly 
In contrast with the Trudeau government, she is against Canada putting in a pipeline. She's urging Canada to cancel their pipeline project. Also, she is also against some of Norway's oil and gas policies, and she would like them to both become more green. Um, Ireland last year committed to phasing out all fossil fuels. Um, production and exploration and to begin with Ireland doesn't have a huge fossil fuel industry unlike Canada and Norway so that there was a letter that was sent on behalf of Greta Thunberg urging developing island countries to use upcoming United Nations Security Council election as leverage to push both Norway and Canada to step up their games on climate change both Norway and Canada have had good rhetoric in terms of when it comes to talking about what they're doing and how they're going to do climate change. However, the action hasn't necessarily been there. Three other youth climate activists and 22 global climate scientists also signed this letter, including Eddie Cormack a recently retired Fishers and Ocean Canada scientist who was awarded the Order of Canada this year for his work on climate change. So this is expected to hopefully put pressure on Canada and Norway to do better on climate change. Whether it'll work or not is yet to be seen because two out of the three countries vying for the two empty seats will get a seat um, it is not expected that Canada is likely to get a seat this time around, and that is because both Ireland and Norway were in this game long before we were vying for these seats. We got into the game late when Justin Trudeau's government took power, and so it is not expected that we're going to get a seat. As well, Norway and Ireland both will have the support of the rest of continental Europe, whereas Canada will have to use Asian countries as well as African countries and Caribbean countries to try and get enough support to get a seat on the UN Security Council. On Friday, all daycare centers within the province of Ontario will be able to reopen, however, with strict measures in place, which include up to 10 students or 10 kids per space, as well as heavy-duty, heavily sanitized areas must be sanitized, toys must be sanitized, and any toys that cannot properly be sanitized or are a big place for contracting germs will be removed, such as plush or stuffed toys. Also, all people will be screened upon entry to the facility, so any parents picking kids up and any kids will be screened. As well, no visitors will be allowed at these facilities. The Ontario government is stating that colleges and post-secondary institutions, so colleges and universities, may be able to open come later this summer, like mid maybe July. And they're saying that in the fall, they may be allowing certain programs that really require hands-on hands-on use to be able to complete the program, may be able to return to the building on a um, strict measured limited basis in order to complete some of the programming. However, most programs that can be done online, it seems as though the province is leaning to have those done online. However, the province hasn't ruled out that they will let certain programs back into buildings in the fall as well as in later this summer in order to complete their programming, which requires hands-on equipment and technology.
Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, as well as Education Minister Stephen Lecce, as well as Health Minister Christine Elliott, were all tested recently in the past day for the coronavirus. Stephen Lecce, Minister of Education, did test negative. We now know that not only did Stephen Lecce test negative, but that Minister of Health Christine Elliott, as well as Premier Doug Ford, also tested negative. Premier Doug Ford and the Minister of Health will not be self-isolating as they were not directly exposed to the virus. Thank you very much for tuning in to Zach News on Riot Radio. Don't forget, you can follow the show at riotradio.ca and you can follow the station on social media at DCSI Riot Radio. Playing us out today right here on Riot Radio is... Would I Lie to You? The remastered version by Eurythmics right here on Riot Radio. Riot Radio.